I'm Chad Ecker, and that's my boy, Joe Idoni, and this is the Preferred Lines Podcast. Follow us every week on iTunes, Twitch, and Stitcher, and Google Play, and Knock Knock, TikTok, and Doodly Dang Do, and Periscope, and we could be Instagram Live. I don't know. We're everywhere, pretty much. Uh, that's every Monday evening, and that's Joe and I, and you can follow us, Preferred Lines, and you can follow us playing along probably tonight i am i got hollister shares on the jock market our proud partner the jock market where you know the daily fantasy becomes a stock exchange (laughs) buy and sell shares of players in real time for cash real money and at the end of every event boom they pay you right out your shares pay out a guaranteed amount based on how much each player earns on the field Great concept. I've been loving it. And if you want to try it out, PL10 on the app, get you 10 bucks. Yeah, it's pretty simple. I had a lot of fun with it this past weekend, uh, venturing into NFL Thursday night as well. And golf is great. And my guy, Stu Scott, Scott Stewie. Yeah, yeah. Scott Stewie and I went live on Wednesday. We talked a little bit about the NFL, just how to use the app and like what we we're going to do with it and how we've been doing with it. So if you want to check that out, Go to our Periscope or find that on iTunes and you can recap what we learned. Sure. It was good stuff. It was fun. I I was able to check out a little bit of it. You guys had a good time and it gave some good nuggets of info. Yeah, Scott's already won $500. So good for him, man. If he can win 500, you can win. With your mic. What's up? Something's up with your mic a little bit. It's like staticky. Oh, shoot. Well, I'm sorry. That's better. It's better already. Oh, maybe it was a little unplugged. Hey, I'm out in the garage and I got the heater going. If you you want to know the truth for amateurs, and this is not real. So please like and subscribe and rate and review. We're doing this somewhat for free, mostly for fun. And we're here and we've reached the final event of the 2020 calendar year, the Maya Coba Classic in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. Uh, I wish I was in Mexico. (laughs) Not going to lie. Beat in the garage. (sighs) (laughs) the greatest okay the heater does help but actually uh we're not this might not be the last pod for joe and i of 2020 we've considered coming back and giving you a golf betting 101 perhaps an about us or a review and a preview of 2020 Mm -hmm. and 2021 so we're gonna do maybe those things when we get bored enough and you know i might just be like hey joe i miss you buddy let's (laughs) let's chat yeah, absolutely. Uh, we will do, I think that's a good idea over the next couple of weeks. Well, we have some nice time off. We do like a, a couple of fun things. You're great at this sort of generating content when there's nothing else to do. So I'll just follow the lead. Cool. Yeah, I'll um, make it up as I go along. And if you do want to support and you want to buy a hat, because I'm wearing one and Joe's wearing another. Yep. Preferred Lines shop is open on the big cartel. You could find us uh, there on a link on Joe's Twitter page at two yeah. picks. Yeah. Let's not waste any more time. Let's crack some beers. Let's go. Cheers, buddy. And let's get to the the betting board. We do that each week. Typically on the Preferred Lines podcast, we have a guest, someone that's smarter than us and provides more value, but it's NFL season, let's be honest. And people are like, no, I want to watch the game tonight. And or uh, they're like, Maya Coba. But dude, Maya Coba, here it is with the juicy field and the tippity tip top. Justin Thomas at right. six plus six fifty. I've seen. Oh boy, uh, that's quite 
an ask. If you're uh, new to betting, that's betting $1 and you win $6.50. It's not a lot for a golfer to win a tournament, especially after what we see. He's coming off playing in the match. What's he doing? What? What are you doing here? I don't know. But are you worried mm-hmm. that maybe he doesn't care and he's here for Mexico? A little bit. Um, we I'm, know he likes Asia. Isn't that it? Yes. I'm not so much worried that he doesn't care. Now that he's there, um, any of these guys that are on site at this point, I think, want to win. It's more so just worried about what has he done since the Masters, really? Mm-hmm. And has he still been working on his game? Is he switched things up? Does he have new clubs in the bag? There's a lot of unknown variables with almost every guy in this field. So um, to be able to take someone at plus 650 or anything under 10 to 1, you got to really feel confident uh in their abilities and where their game's at and i think the second part of that's just a little bit of a question mark right motivation might not be there totally ultimately like could he luck into a top 10 in this field sure definitely it's jt but to win and at the number 650 no thanks how about brooks your boy my goodness gracious 10 to 1 are you have you wagered any of your hard-earned dollars on 10 to 1 brooks kepka no, no, same could sort of concerns there uh, for me and with Justin. Um, I do like there's some things that you can really like from Brooks, um, but you just kind of go back to the tired narrative of it's not a major. He doesn't care. Now, I, I don't necessarily buy into that, but there is a little bit of a factor here, right? Like he was gearing up everything for the Masters, a bit of a disappointing finish in his mind, even though he top 10 Um and then to come back out here, he's got to go down to Mayakoba for a week. What has he been doing? Or It's just, there's so many variables. 10 to 1, just not for me this week. I've kind of glossed right through the top of the board. What about yourself? No, I, I'm not on any of the 10s or 8 or whatever the 6s, whatever mm-hmm. these two names. Now, does it does it feel like they've, they've committed prior to the COVID change of lifestyles and like maybe they were committed to when it was early November and they're like, Hey, I want to go to Mexico before Thanksgiving. Or I don't know what it used to be early November. I don't know if maybe they're like, no, I committed and I can't not commit or I've got, I don't know. I, it just feels Mm -hmm. whatever the last tournament before a big break. Maybe they want to show something into a break. Hey, I've got that thing dialed or here's what I'm looking to figure out so that I know what to work on before hero and tournament champion. So there's motivations to play. Well, I don't know if they're of going course. to like gear it up and win. And we're talking winning when we talk outright numbers, if you want to bet a guy in a top five, that's a different story. And you're probably going to get even worse odds. So that's not is something that I'm interested in either maybe, but we have lived and died in the 20 to one range. But we, before we get to there, there's a couple guys in the teens. You got Harris English 16 to one or Finau 18 to one. What do you feel? How do you feel? Because past winners resemble more of the English mold with yeah. the Todd, the Coocher, than they do the Finau, the Bomber, the Eagle guy. And from what I've seen, I don't know if the par fives are going to be feasted on by Finau. So would you bet him to win here? No, I, I'm not. Um, if anything, I have not taken either one of these guys, just for the record, but I would lean English. Um, just because we solve it more recently with him um, at the RSM, which kind of has some similarities to me um, in that it's a shorter course, sort of coastal. He's just been playing really good golf, um, and he's just been playing like a top 
10, 15 player in the world. He's in form. I think that this fall swing, as we've seen in some of these lesser events, it's not that these the top guys in the field come in overlooking the event. It's that I think some of the middle tier guys, it is so pivotal and important to them to gain ground on the FedEx Cup points um, and just get a win or a top five under their belt is so much more meaningful. Um, not that Harris English is necessarily in that mold, but he's just been playing um, probably the best of, of at least that group with Finau, Berger, and Hovland there. Right on. Now, you talk about Berger and Hovland, they're in their 20s or whatever. There are 20, 22 answers there as well. Ricky Fowler and Henley and Zalatoris, they round out the 20 to 1 range. Mm-hmm. My guy this week is going to be Victor Hovland at 20 to 1. I've already bet that. That's the okay. biggest bet I've made of the week. Uh, I skipped over the Harris English. I did want to bet him, but there wasn't, I just didn't get enough out of the 16 and I can get enough out of the 20 when I feel like, Hey, look at the way that uh, we have watched Hovland dominate since March when he missed the cut. Granted he missed that cut. That was the last time he missed the cut. the week after he won Puerto Rico opener next time out. So we can Mm -hmm. give him a pass there. So he won, he's made a bunch of cuts in a row. He did miss a cut last year. Not sure what ultimately contributed to that. And I don't have any shot tracker information because it's Mayakoba and next right. So I don't know what happened and why, but whatever. We've seen him miss a cut and do well, and we've seen him do well and miss a cut. It's not necessarily a big deal. And uh, we've watched him. He's got all aspects of his game. Victor Halvin, we know he does well at everything, but he needs to click everything at once. And boom, he gets his win. Houston Open, T15, missing three and a half strokes on approach. T47 at the Zozo, losing strokes putting. You know, he's T13, he's T12. He's he's right there, and if he can get it all together, one, four rounds in a row here, boom, win. Mm-hmm, totally. So 20 to 1 makes me happy about that, and he's, well, you know, what, angry too because he didn't get into the Masters? <laughs> so let's see him perform. Yeah, part of it reminds me a little bit of Puerto Rico, I think, in a small sense, in that – just wide open greens, um, okay. slower, um, maybe a little bit of a, a off week or off field type of event. And you have sort of the coastal and, and Central American element to it. So um, obviously it's where he's got his win. He's, he's playing great. It's a good pick. What about answer a 22 to one in the be- best Mexican on earth. Currently. Yeah. And he's, 22 to one playing well coming in. He just came off of some confidence boosting play at the masters. I like 22 to one answer, but is it 22? That's a lot to ask for answer to win. I know. I thought a lot about it. I didn't end up ultimately going there. Obviously he had such a great profound performance at the masters. Uh, Is it the type of thing that can propel him to get that first victory? it's very well possible. He kind of fits the mold. It's hard to really find a mold here because we don't have stats. So and Todd's the mold data, like you mentioned, but you just look at the the players who have won the last couple of years. And he's kind of in that sort of criteria in terms of his, his skill set. What about Henley? Russell Henley's 25 to one. And the guy has been so close, just T3, T4, I mean, yeah. he's been no worse than 30th in the last four months, Joe. Motivated I know. for sure because the Masters snub and missed the cut last year during a different 
time of his life. He was different Henley. Now he's coming in a better Henley. So maybe he wants to yep. take advantage of the resort course where he's peppering the greens. He's hitting close. He got the putter going. He can get it going. I took mm-hmm. Henley. Um, that's my first bet. 25 to one. I like it. He is statistically been fantastic approach wise. Um, a tee to green, everything except for his putting, which is the one spot that he's lacking. And again, I just think that these being larger green surfaces past Palum, which is normally really sort of slow greens uh, mm-hmm. that don't tend to break a lot. They're really straightforward, usually much slower than they're used to seeing during the PGA tour season. I think that helps the guy who's not putting well, obviously. And that's the one point of his game where he's really struggling. Everything else he's top 10 in, in every statistical category that I pretty much looked at. I took it. Um, he's got a couple wins. Uh, I know he won at the Honda, which is, you know, you kind of get that wind and coastal element to it um georgia i believe guy so uh that was my first flyer that i took off the board at 25 to one you on him as well uh, i haven't decided yet i don't think okay. so so i wanted to ask you though you are a ricky fowler fan um yeah. and he's here motivated maybe because he might not get into augusta in april i he's saw out, that he's flirting with being outside the top 50 in the world ricky fowler for what the first time in his life probably this is crazy so then Oh, is that why he's playing Nyakoba? I mean, he did have a second here in 2017. So he knows maybe I can go get some points. I can boost my. Does he really? Potential. I didn't see that. Yeah. Do you like I Ricky? Like Ricky, I wish that I'm going to kind of keep tabs on him. Um, I have another book that typically releases odds on Tuesdays. So if I can, if, if it can get up into the 30 range, I'll be very attracted by it. Um, okay. I, I'm just going to wait and see actually, but yeah, it, right now I'm looking at a 22 to one. I just liked Henley a little bit better at that point for a couple extra points. Yeah. Just the way answers playing too. He probably could do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 30 to one. You got Corey Connors and Neiman and Horschel and Ortiz, a guy who just won. And then Leishman is 45 to one, but give me Neiman or give me death. I love the guy. Have you listened yeah. to his interview yoking Neiman on the no laying up? podcast no no oh it's good good. it was cute uh the guy has so much energy and he's just got good energy it's the same kind of energy as wolf but it's a little more just like playful energy i could see him and wolf bantering on like one of those matches in like 10 years from now and when we really know who they are and they've won a couple majors each they're just like they're the the next guys because they're just so fun and they have like these they are uh spirits you know they're just like free flowing guys and he's good he's poised I think he's one of those natural talents. <clears throat> he did talk about that, how he swings really low. And it says, he said that it was only one of the, like it's only one of the styles of drives he can do. So then he hmm. goes to that style where he curves his back really low and hits it in that yeah. nice stinger when he feels, you know, a little nervous or it's his go-to shot kind of thing. I don't think he's going to end up having that forever. He talked about playing with Tiger at the President's Cup. It was out in the first match with Leishman and having that experience. And now he, he knows how to hit it all ways. And he's just been there. He talked about getting COVID from a buddy and how why he got out of the Masters. It was a great interview. So I go suggest uh, listening to that on the No Laying Up podcast. But Neiman, of course. Cool. Dude, why is he 35? He's been playing great. And uh, I like him. So I'm going to click yeah. him. He's in Mexico. It's kind of like that. He's a chilly guy. Chile. Yeah, he... Um... It's a good point. All very fair points. I will have to check out that interview because I am a big Neiman fan. Um, and 35 definitely sticks out. Um, 
he shouldn't be below Corey Connors. Um, right. Or probably Will Zalatoris, in my opinion. He's he's so good. He's already got the win. He's trending upwards in, in almost every facet of his game. Played a little better in, in the bigger tournaments this year. Um, poised. Obviously, the COVID break hurt him, uh, I think, in many facets. Obviously, not being able to play in the Masters had to be crushing for him. Uh, but he came out and played pretty well, I believe, at the RSM. I don't have the stats in front of me, but he played decently well for his first sort of return out there. Played for the great cause and, like, donated his check. So, good guy. Great person to root for. Young star in the making. 35-1 to 1 is more than fair. What about Corey Connors, though? Why do people – why do, are they obsessed with him because of the models love Corey Connors because of his uh, strokes gain approach, and people just weight that so heavily? I think it has something to do with it. I also think it's a bit of the eyeball test. Like, I've bet him enough times where you watch him, and he looks so good, like tee to green. He feels like he hits every fairway. He sticks almost every iron shot, but he just he, – he messes up – easy parts of the game like dry like off the tee hitting a 320 down the middle is hard uh sticking your approach shot is hard but easy parts of the game that any of us can sort of relate to and it's chipping and it's out of the sand and it's a little 20 yard pitch shot or it's a 15 foot putt i think the eyeball test tells us that at some point that's got a flip for Corey Connors and he's going to start doing those things well. And when he does, he's going to win. Yeah. They could very well be right, but it's been a period of time now where we've been waiting for almost a year and a half of seeing yeah, exactly. this tremendous form tee to green and it just hasn't happened. And you start oh, no. to wonder, is it just something is it, it's just, maybe is it part of the game? He's just never just going who to he have. is. He's 28, yeah. Joe, you know, they, yeah you kind of are who you are at some point in your career. And it's just who he is. He's kind of just like a mini Keegan and he'll find it one or two weeks, every couple of years. And yeah, you wanna be he'll probably end up better. with one or two more wins in his career. It wouldn't surprise me because he's such a good ball striker, but um, to have him just show up every week in this 30 to one range, doesn't feel like he has the same win equity as the guys we're used to seeing there. I mean, and even, what 50s look at okay well we could get out i mean the horschel's decent i don't know if you're gonna bat him at 35 or ortiz again after his win but it's mexico so maybe you want the narrative yeah and then leishman i've, I've heard some leishman love but Same. at 45 is that love enough for you i don't love it played really well at the masters um because he always does seem to line up and he is a guy that when things are clicking gets victories uh, so I think that's in part weird of ways too. Like one tournament he could win just all driver, and the next time he could hit it all out of out of bounds. Putt his way. Yeah, he's win. won big time tournaments and played in big time events and come through with with good finishes. So I think he just kind of sticks out there. So um, it's like the Stenson really, when everybody liked Stenson a couple weeks ago. So then do you trust yeah. it? I might not do a win on Leishman. I gotta wait and see. That seems aggressive. Maybe you could get in on like a top ten or five with Leishman if you can get a fluff number like that. Yeah, he may be a guy, though, that you're better off just taking the to win because it seems like he's he's very likely to miss the cut here in terms of some of the other guys that he's around. Sure. But if he's in contention, he's a guy that you feel it, to me, I, I'm 
if it's Sunday and he's in one of the final three groups, I feel pretty good about that ticket better than I would feel about. Yeah. Horse on a normal Sunday, but then this Sunday going in, you'll be like, damn, he's at three rounds in a row that are good. Oh, fuck. This, right. When is he going to screw this up? So like, right. That's why I feel like top five is a little more that's pussy, but yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Uh, you, let's go to the fifth. About, um, I wanted to ask you about Woodland. Yeah, he's 50 really to one in this book. To see him here. Um, 50 to one seems like a, a weird just spot on the board for him. Yeah, have be- we heard anything about his hip? That's what I was wondering from you, because that is the type of injury that, from what I know about it, just needs rest in time. So it's very surprising to me that he just wouldn't wait until January to come back. Why put yourself on a flight to Mexico and try to play four rounds here? I, I just don't get it for him especially if he's uh dealing with the injury nothing new is like far as even just a couple weeks ago so okay i haven't really heard anything i that in golf especially that would give me pause i mean i love gary woodland and i like the 50 number but there's a reason for it and i'm not gonna be the one that is the guinea pig (laughs) yeah yeah i'd rather bet muñoz who's 55 which feels kind of like a fair number in a way and almost Mm -hmm. like wait he could sneak up and win on this and he had his dud after the masters so i feel like maybe True. muñoz at 55 is not fair what about todd or ch3 in the 50s is that that seems ridiculous right todd's intriguing to me he um is. i just wonder with a couple of weeks off like it, it just seems from what i've gathered from this tournament it's hit the fairway um and, and that's extremely important, right? Being in fairway to give yourself the optimal spot to hit an approach from. If he's maybe the best in the field at that. Now, has he struggled the last probably two, three months? Yes. But if that flips, I think he's got a ton of value here. He's, he's great around the greens and he sinks putts, man. He gets hot exactly. and especially you slow the greens down and obviously defending champ, right? Yeah. Defending champ after last year, he was feeling vibes. He had won back-to-back events. Yeah. This was the one he won back-to-back. So, whatever. He could get here. He could show up and do things. Todd, but I don't know. I'd rather go Munoz. And if not, I'd rather go maybe Brian Harmon at six. I saw Brian Harmon on FanDuel at $7,000. Yeah. And that seems like a Cyber Monday deal. Yeah. It's weird, man. Are you playing on FanDuel? Probably does these things. I do have, I, I don't often do it, but occasionally I'll throw in one of their bigger contests. Um, It's just, they do these things where you just wonder like who's running the show over there. No, it's a cyber Monday deal. It's to get me to be like, Oh, free square over there. But then it's stupid because you're going to get 80% of the entries on him. Well, it just just screws over the real, they're attracting other people to screw over the people they have. That's literally right. Which is maybe what they need to do or else the people that are there that they have are going to be gone. Right. But I tweeted out earlier, I forget what the exact number was, but there are some guys who uh, their numbers are all over the board today. I saw Um, that. If you shop that around a little bit, I think there's another, 
he was one of the guys I don't have it in front of me right now, but there was like a 50 point uh, difference between like, you can either take 60 to one or take 110 to one. Yeah. So I don't know if it's that they're just a little bit of a sleep at the wheel in terms of golf. This totally. Week, they had to have been. It's Thanksgiving that they had the three games. They've had the COVID with the Ram or the Ravens game. Dealers, you're right. They've had all this stuff. And they're like, Oh shit. There's another golf tournament. Uh, spit it together. Mm-hmm. so or they're like who cares give soft deals because no one's betting in this golf tournament it could be but i think i mean that far apart is to me is a mistake well um, it also is this incentive to join another book or have money in multiple books maybe that's it maybe around. that's it but you should ultimately like honestly i firmly believe that you should have two to three outlets and mm-hmm. price shop especially uh a lot of times it comes down to the difference between winning and losing is a couple points on a week. And if you can take 35 to one instead of 30 in the end, that's going to give you a lot better opportunity to be net positive. We can talk about that on the uh, betting one one pod that we're going to do in a couple of weeks here. Yep. Let's talk though. Norin, are you a, you're a Norin guy, aren't you? Kind yeah. Of? I, yep. That's my, that see, now we're getting into my guys here. The sixties. Uh, you love this range. Actually, I took him in. I took him in eighty to one. Oh shit! Okay, well, spit your names and reasons for this range. All right, so I've got Alex Norin. Um, I had him jumped on him live at the RSM. Plays really well. It just seems like he's trending in the right direction to me. Um, very good coastal, very good wind player, very good approach player. Have we seen the weather? I have. I actually did look at the weather. It wow. is going look to look at be, you. Um. It's not necessarily windy for there, but it's okay. windy. Um, it's like 14 to 20 mile an hour gust, which is, you know, it has an effect for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So other guys in the 80s, I, I did not bet Danny McCarthy yet. What? Um, I did. I may regret that. But two I other guys I did take here were Chez and Adam Long. I like Adam Long. Why Chez? I took them both. Chez because actually Chez on the stat model that I ran on Fantasy National rated out third. Um, what the hell? For yeah, what, so maybe it's a flaw the model, but I've been on this thing where I'm just like starting to just trust it a little bit more um, because when I look back after a tournament, I'm, more often than not, it steers, it points to points me in the right direction. So especially when you see something stick out there and you get a guy 80 to one. The other thing was, I think on the other book I was looking at, he was 50. So I just felt like the 80 was sort of an inflated number there versus a 50 on the other one. You're getting an extra 30 points, which is a vast difference. Um, Driving accuracy approach, uh, unbelievable iron player, especially particularly his long irons and can get a hot putter, man. He can make putts. He's won tournaments before. So uh, Dude, he fits the mold. He's the, he's the mold fitter. A hundred percent. I mean, you got, Ku- K- sorry, Kuchar, Kisner, Todd, Reavy. Like it's just sounds right. <laughs> totally. Now John or Joel Damon, do you have any interest in Joel Damon? A little bit. I just don't know about Damon. I'm starting to feel like he's the kind of 
I don't feel like he's going to put four consecutive rounds together. He's starting to feel like that one guy, like a first round leader type bet, like maybe a showdown play on DraftKings, but he seems to always have like a 65 or 64 in him, which helps him rate out really well in a lot of these stat models, but then he'll back it up with a 70. So I just don't think that he can put together like four 66, 67s in a row to win. But another guy that really stuck out to me here, and he was at 100 to 1 earlier, was in terrible form, but Ben Ahn. Um, I mean, <laughs> look, no. if he was going to win, it would be at a place where putting is relatively mitigated. You've got really slow, big greens, and past Palom is just one of those weird surfaces uh, to putt on. And if you take putting out of it, a lot of the other things he does really well. Not so much lately, but it just seems yeah. like he was a guy that was like in that 40 to 50 to sure. one range through the majority of the PGA tour season. Now we're at a weakened field and they just dropped him down there in triple digits. Dude. Yeah. He was like 10,000 on drafting. Yeah. Point. It seems like a spot where he could pop. Uh, you know, no for me, but good luck on that. <laughs> in the same vein though. I did grab Grio at 66. Okay, so I can't give you too much shit on that. So you can have Grio at 66 or on at 100. Well, Grio at least has given me flashes of form and I've heard from him. Yeah, that, you know. Very fair. What about Knox? I got a Russell Knox bet. I don't know why I did it. Uh, I think. Is it a wind? Is it a wind thing? No, I just, well, maybe because he's played well here. He's at a ninth, a third, a second here. Uh So maybe he likes Windy Birdie Fest. He was a bad golfer the last summer. He missed about 10 cuts in a row. Wow. (laughs) So we lost. I like this range. Like, I can make a case for so many guys in this range. Um, Scott Piercy, you can make a case for. Harold Varner, you can make a case for. No, no. I was going to ask you, is he not a killer? Is HV3 not a killer? Because I don't think he's a killer. He doesn't want to win. He can't win because he's not a killer. I would agree with that, but I would say a lot of these guys share that characteristic. There's not many killers. Well, um, Adam Long seems to be a killer. He at least Adam won. Long, you could say that. Um, what about McCarthy? He could be a killer. I know, but he hasn't done it. So it's like has Malnati is Malnati a killer at 125 to one? It's a good bet. I think so. But the thing I is put money on Malnati. around the greens and putting. I I just it's it's tough. So the long shots, Joe, what about pa- past Palom Perez, Pat Perez? You know who else I looked at is Keegan Bradley right behind Chez and the model was Keegan. I don't know how, because I weighted approach really heavy. I weighted T to green and wind. I rated um, opportunities gained. Like these are the types of things I was looking at past Palom strokes gain total of and throughout your career and past Palom. Well, and Keegan fits like, the age narrative. I tweeted that out. Yeah, he's he's a 34-year-old Joe has won this thing a lot. Obviously a longer hitter than the other guys who have won, but I don't know, man. It's another guy who's just a, a, a historically bad putter throughout their career. Um, can they get hot for a week? Who knows? What about Camilo Vijegas? Is 150 or so? Did his run end when he saw a rainbow and he caught fire? Or is it just begun? What about Camille? These guys, what I've come to realize, and I fall victim to this a lot, is it's hard for these guys in this 100 to 200 to 1 range to back up 
good performances, like back to back. And I, I fall like I'll see Ollie's here, for instance. I'm looking at Ollie at 140 to one. There was a couple of weeks ago where Ollie like top 10, and then I bet him the next week like 150 to one, and he was terrible. Yeah, it's just these like all of these guys here can all pop at any given tournament, but them doing it eight consecutive rounds is very unlikely. Well, yeah, that's why I wouldn't bet Vijegas, but I mean, there's I wish nothing bad on him. I root for him totally this entire year, forever. <laughs> um, I will mention Christopher Ace Ventura. I like Ventura. He is a uh, Mexican. He was born in Mexico. He was what? raised in Norway or something different. So I don't know. It's like the Jason Kokrak was a, is a Canadian because he was born and lived there for like a day as a okay. baby. But I don't know. Whatever. He's got ties here, maybe. Where's Ventura at? Oh, 160 to 1. Wow. Yeah, let's go. Get a dollar on that, baby. Mm-hmm. Is he a winner? He won on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's Christopher Ace Ventura, and I think he's good at golf. I don't know. I looked a little bit also at um, Wesley Bryan's 175 to oh, 1. God, you're one of those. Wes- Are you a Wesley clicker? I'm not, but it just it's win a popularity a golf thing. So you look at what was the tournament? He was like 30 to one and everyone was on him. Like, I don't know. It was a bad idea. Bermuda. Everyone's on him and he missed the cut. This is basically the same tournament. Okay. I see the value there. Let's go top 10 on that. Let's not get crazy on an outright. You know who else is here? Oh God. Am I really going to say this guy's name? Kyle Stanley. I think, dude, I swear to God, I had a dream that he was good. Oh, you know what happened is I, I, I am playing the video game uh, 2K21. That's what oh, I was using on the top of a leaderboard in that. <laughs> <laughs> he used to be good. There's a lot of guys. Look, my advice for this week would be to grab 10 15 20 in chips and splash them around in this triple-digit range. And That's my style. I love I mean, there's guys. There's Stewart. There's Pat Rogers. There's Higgs. Like, any of these guys that we've been betting, I feel like, could win this week. And, you know, take a couple stabs and, and build your core there. Exactly. Now, build up your bankroll on uh, jock market. Should we check in to see how my Hollister shares are doing? Did you buy anyone for the Monday night game? I, I got no one today. Okay, so here's the deal for the Monday night game. I, it's 0-0 zero, zero in this. I bid quarter. a million freaking – I bid, bid every I, – I bid as much as I could, as, as humanly possible. And on the Monday night game, I feel like they were, like, bid up too far. So I didn't go above what I was thinking was smart. And I got I ended up with one guy only. I got Hollister. So How did I, the 27 guys – did that was that a good strategy or no? <laughs> that, that was wasn't good. Strategy. That was bad. All right. That was probably a bad strategy. Try so I bought 27 players on Sunday for the Sunday Sunday night games. And yeah. uh, I thought, okay, five here, 10 there, five here, five here, five here. I was going crazy. And and then I started selling and I was dealing. I was wheeling and dealing. I was the guy in the market like, who wants to share? <laughs> you want <to> share? <laughs> and it's ultimately like I just nickled and dined myself out of money basically. And then I had just as many good guys do well and just as many bad guys do bad. So it's like, uh, it's like, uh, you know, 27 and buys, 12 were good, 12 were bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I made about 20 bucks. <laughs> so it's just like, I risked too much. It was bad. And you could have, yeah, we could talk strategy. Maybe we'll connect on one of those. And well, I tried to tell you to take Jarvis. I did oh, take Jarvis, Jarvis and I sold him immediately after his first Why did you sell him? I sold him at like 750 or something. 
Yeah, you finished it like with at like 16 or 15 or yeah, something. Yeah, I did that like four three <laughs> or four different times with different players. I was terrible at I never I, saw I got out quick. And then I, I watched this like guy score another touch. Just Who getting your it? guys in at the IPO and not selling. I know. Um, I don't I, I like playing. It was it's fun to throw it out it there. Is. Like Al Sean Jeffrey, I was so excited to sell him at seven dollars and fifty cents or something. And the whole game, he's bad. And I'm like selling him. I'm like, ha ha, these people are going to barely make their 750 back. Ha ha ha. I'm going to get, and then he scored again and he got to 1250. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> well, the thing, yeah, that's the thing. Like I, I can see selling if you're just trying to like cut a guy loose and lose a couple bucks and just like break even. But oh. if a guy's already there with like a hundred and a touchdown in like the first half, and then you sell the problem is if he gets that second touchdown, I I now he's going to finish it like 18, 19, like he's going to finish in the top five for a huge payday. I know. I'm not, not that patient. Mm-hmm. That's probably it's fun though. Jock market is very fun. Dude, it's fun. And use then... the code PL 10 and they'll give you a free 10 bucks and they'll say nice things to us. Yes. And thank you for watching, for liking, subscribing and commenting and doing all the things that we need to help build the audience up. Tell your friends because we're going to be back big in 2021. Stay tuned for that. Thank you again. It's been a great summer, fall into winter. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Thank you, guys. Peace out. Peace, man. Oh, DK bomb. Hollister scored? Yeah, I don't know who got the touchdown, but somebody just scored. Oh, my God. I, gotta... I thought it was Medcalf, but he went down at the one, and they threw it to some other guy. Is it Hollister? It was? Hallister. Is he number 83? I don't know. I got eight. I got 40 shares. Is he on the Seahawks? Yeah. Then he end. might have scored. He's, it wasn't a tight end. It wasn't Damn a it. tight end. All right. See you <laughs> later. <laughs>